Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you'd like to support the ministries of Rancho Church as we advance the cause of Christ together, you may do so at rancho.tv giving. Enjoy. I want to welcome you to Rancho United. We are having a good time here today, and you might be able to see behind me that things for this series are going to be a little bit different. The band's going to be on stage the whole time, just playing music kind of in and out of the whole experience here. Uh, we have got a new series, Between Two Ears. We're going to talk about what's happening in our heads, especially during a crisis like this pandemic. So it's going to be a great time, a helpful time, a very practical time, a biblical time to really discover what God wants to happen in between these ears, in our heads, our hearts, our soul. I'm going to have a partner as well during this entire six-week series, Elaine Romero. She's the executive director of Safe Harbor Counseling here in town. She's been a great partner of ours. She's on our preaching team. She's a Christian speaker. She's done our retreats. Uh, just an amazing amazing uh, person who has helped so many people. We've sent dozens, maybe hundreds her way, and uh, she has done so much good. So we're going to hear from her uh, every single week here. She's a therapist, marriage and family therapist, uh, who is going to help us understand not just God's word, but how to apply that even with some uh, tools that we can use every day of our lives. So we are celebrating who Rancho has become. Even though we can't meet here live, we are meeting in very real and powerful ways online, not just live streaming, and thanks for joining us, but also afterwards. Uh, there are so many programs that we're putting out there for all ages, and we're having a great time connecting together. I got a letter, one of those old school handwritten letters uh, from one of our 96-year-old members uh, who's at home enjoying this online experience. She writes this, this current pandemic will not keep me away from my friends and it will not keep me away from my church. I am so blessed. I know God loves and cares for me and my family. And remember, Pastor Scott, God loves you too and so do I. Just a very heartwarming note. A lot of comments are coming in on email and through social media streaming and text messages. But to have a handwritten letter from one of our members is, is fantastic. And so, Sarah, I want to say hi and love you. Um, if you are here for the first time, I want to invite you to send the word, text the word guest to 951-379-3795. You can text anything to that number, prayer requests, requests for information, anything that's kind of our tool, one of our tools to help connect with you. And I also want to thank you for your generosity. This church is pouring out generosity as this church does all the time. There are several who cannot give during this time. It's understandable, but those who can are really uh, helping to fill that gap, especially for our humanitarian efforts. We are feeding this valley through the Community Mission of Hope. We had some great news yesterday about our farm I can't talk about, so I won't. We're housing people who are needing transition, so Thank you for your help. And uh, we are serving 50 partners locally and globally as well with volunteers and money. So thank you for your generosity. Uh, you can give at rancho.tv slash giving, either one time or a recurring gift. And as always, I want to uh, urge you to go to YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ranchounited. We encourage you to subscribe, become a subscriber, and check out all the programs for all ages, kids, youth, men's, women's classes. Our Midweek Connect program is on there. Some great information about this pandemic from local authorities. And so I want to encourage you to check that out on Wednesday nights also. All right, well, this new series is called Between the Ears because everything that happens in life happens right here in our minds. Everything happens in our minds. And, and, and we might think, okay, well, you know, not everything happens in our minds. Some things happen out there. Well, everything that happens out there is processed in here. All of life is experienced between the ears. Um, good things in life are experienced between the ears. So if you have, let's say, a, a boyfriend that says, I love you for the very first time, that does something up here. All of life is experienced up here, how we process that, how we store that, how that shapes our lives and our emotions. It all happens between the ears. 
If bad things happen, let's say a crisis happens, let's pick something outlandish that nobody would ever believe. A, a global pandemic shuts down the entire world, right? That's happening out here, but where is it processed? It's processed between the ears. All the data, all the images are processed right here. We churn those images, we churn that language, we self-talk, and that does so much. All of life is experienced between the ears. So here's a question for this morning. What happens between two ears during a crisis? Well, we'll talk about that uh, with Elaine a little bit. We'll talk about that as we go. But what happens between the ears during a crisis is quite profound. The brain sort of changes its priorities, which means it moves into the body certain new priorities, which has dramatic changes. If we're not care careful during a crisis, we could get overwhelmed by what the brain is doing because the brain is getting ready to, to do something, you know, to save itself. And if that's how we get overcome, then it's gonna have some negative effects. But God has given us this incredible gift of this mind between two ears that can self-talk our way to better places. Here's what it says in Philippians 4, 8. Listen, dear brothers and sisters, Fix your thoughts. I love that. Fix your thoughts. That means we have the ability to train our mind to focus on things so we're not overwhelmed by things maybe outside of our control. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we're able to focus on things, intentionally focus, and that's different than, say, animals of instinct that can't have that sort of free will, free agency, or that God-given gift to, to think about things in certain ways that end up changing our minds, which help to maybe temper some emotions and allows us to live a healthier and happier life. Now, during a crisis, we also tend to get into deeper thoughts. We're thinking deeply because let's face it, maybe especially here in the West, there's a lot of distractions in life. There's all kinds of stuff. There's going on at work and, and social media and friends and entertainment. And there's so many things that are distracting us. You put a crisis on things and now our brain gets deep, really deep. So perhaps we're having deeper thoughts than we've ever had before. So our brain can get deep into profound thoughts. Thoughts about even our own mortality, which we kind of push off day to day for good reason. But when you have kind of death counts coming in the news all the time, it starts to really impact our thinking. We are mortal, right? And, and what, is, what is eternal life like? And where is God in all this? And who is God? And the nature of, of prayer. And I mean, all this stuff, we can get really, really profound. We can also get more meaningful in our thoughts, deeply meaningful. And because sort of the edges of life are put away in corners right now and, and we are only giving our attention to the meaningful, our family and our health and our relationships, connecting you know, with our friends and family and social media, we're, we're really narrowing down to what's meaningful. And so we can have a very meaningful thought life right now, perhaps uh, deeper than ever. And then we can ha also have deeply fearful or anxious thoughts. Uh, this is one of the downsides, of course, of a crisis is so many stimuli are coming our way with news reports and, and disease and friends that might have it. And everybody almost now knows somebody who has it, if not in their own family member. And so um, we, we get to, to have these experiences of anxiety and fear, perhaps, that most of the time, day to day, we don't experience. That has an impact. So here's a question I wanna ask you, and I'd like you to comment online. Uh, if you're Facebook streaming, YouTube streaming, uh, church online streaming at rancho.tv, write a comment answering this question. What have you been thinking about on a deeper level because of this pandemic? 
what have you been thinking about on a deeper level? And some answers have already come in about family life. I'm really thinking deeply about my family. I'm thinking deeply about my children and how this is gonna impact them. I'm thinking about what my kids are going through, you know, in their inner being, you know, between their ears. They may not be able to express a lot of complex thoughts, especially if they're young, but they're feeling a lot of complex feelings. Um, there's a concern about them. There's a concern, of course, about our healthcare workers, those frontline people, what we might call essential workers, healthcare on the front lines of this pandemic, and others who are out there every day making sure that supply chains happen and we are thinking more deeply about others right now. Uh, there are some comments have come in about uh, end times and, and government control, things on a big global scale. And, and those can kind of be consuming. But this is where self-talk comes in and says, you know, some of those things, they're not healthy. Some of those things are understandable from an emotional level, but how can we bring the rational level to train our brains to perhaps think a little differently with some victory and some sense that, you know what, I can think about things that are right and good and lovely and noble. James 1 says this about thinking through a crisis. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, and this is a promise in the Bible, not many of us are excited about, but the Bible says time and time again, troubles will come, right? Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, I've walked with a lot of people who have gone through a lot of terrible things in life. This verse doesn't go over very well initially. You know, just consider it joy. And it's all, I can see where it can almost come across as trite, you know, turn that frown upside down, just kind of pretend like things are happier when they're not. That is not what this is saying at all. What James is saying is, listen, times are tough. This was being written during a very tough time. Times are tough. Carry that appropriately. Don't pretend things aren't difficult, right? Don't not feel appropriate things when, you know, feelings when things are going wrong. But we can also consider certain things. We can sort of push good thoughts into bad situations that will make things better. The word consider in the Greek is hegayomai. That means to rule over your mind and think something different. We have the God-given ability to rule over our mind and think something different. We'll talk about exactly how to do that today. I love the way 2 Corinthians 10.5 puts it. He says this, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, they understood by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago that there are thoughts that flood into our mind that we can't control. They just pop up, right? Our brain is this very amazing thing, this incredible miracle of God, right? But it's, it's wired to be a little bit on the random side, right? Not like a computer that's just straight linear. This is kind of mosaic and random, and so thoughts just kind of pop in. Some are healthy, some are not. But those thoughts that pop in that are not healthy, what does the Bible say? We can take them captive. We can seize them. We can grab them. We could change them, right? And it's really a powerful thing. It's almost like our brains are random screensaver mode, right? Uh, you have a computer, maybe you have a screensaver and maybe it's uh, you know, clicked to random. Now uh, in our house, it uh, kind of randomly draws from our entire you know, family history since the beginning of time and puts those pictures up on the screen. And they just kind of randomly float on the screen, right? Just pictures from all over our life. Now, that's kind of how the brain works. All past experiences, everything we've seen, we've read, we've, we've touched and experienced, all these sensories that came into our head, 
our thoughts just kind of spit them out sometimes. It's sort of like screensaver mode. Um, daydreaming is a bit like screensaver mode. Having dreams at night when you're asleep is like screensaver mode. Your brain just says, let's start randomly floating ideas around. I had a really bizarre dream last night about a haircut. I need a haircut. Here's my hair in its natural state. This is taken this morning. It's, it's a complete disaster, right? I need a haircut. And my brain was just kind of, you know, storing that information. Treadway, you need a haircut. Apparently it got so bad that last night in my dream state, screensaver mode, it popped up the most complex, bizarre dream about haircuts. And uh, so it's just kind of the brain saying, hey, bud, uh, you know, get to work here. Um, now, when we are thinking about and processing through crises, we need the skill set that is, it's like a muscle. It needs work. It needs time. It needs attention to, to kind of put the harmful, scary, anxious feelings in their rightful place. Not to deny them, they're important, but to put them in their rightful place. Here's what Proverbs 4.23 says. Guard your mind above all else. Guard your mind above all else. There it is again in the Bible that we have the authority over our minds unique to human beings. We have the authority over our minds. We don't just live by instinct. We live by thinking through in complex thoughts and language. We can self-talk different things into our minds. Guard your minds above all else. Why? It determines the course of your life. Our minds determine the course of everything. Everything is experienced between these two ears. This makes us uniquely human. This is why when God says in Genesis chapter one, verse 25, that he made us in his image, this is what it's talking about. Now that was written roughly 4,000 years ago. That came into the world that God made humankind in his image. Now we know what that means from a science level. It means that he gave us this brain that is such a miracle, this beautiful brain. Genesis 1:25. God says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. We are like God. Why? because of what's between the ears. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image God of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What goes on here makes us in God's image. And this is such a remarkable miracle. This brain is a remarkable miracle. As science is now barely kind of discovering how beautiful this brain is, they're coming up with some remarkable estimates. All they can do is give estimates of the number of computations that the human brain accomplishes in one second. It's a billion, billion computations in one second. Here's that number on the screen. A billion, billion. It's a quintillion. Try kind of do a quintillion. It'll take you a while. Now, we might be thinking, okay, well, the brain's pretty fascinating. That's a lot of computations in one second. Certainly, we have supercomputers that can do the same. Well, we actually do. In 2018, IBM brought a supercomputer uh, called Summit Online. It's a remarkable machine. It can also calculate a quintillion calculations in a single second. But here's the difference. This supercomputer summit weighs as much as a 747 aircraft. This supercomputer is as big as two tennis courts. This supercomputer takes enough electricity to power 4,000 houses. Is that roughly comparable to a brain? Not even close. A brain weighs three pounds. A brain is about the size of a fist. It is remarkable. And a brain is powered by the energy of a dim light bulb. So it used to be an insult to call somebody a dim bulb. It's actually scientific fact. The amount of energy it takes to operate a dim bulb is the amount of energy your body uses to keep this brain operational. 
that is remarkable. Human beings aren't even close to any technology that can rival the human brain for a number of reasons, right? Supercomputers are meticulously programmed to, to be linear machines that follow specific logical, reproducible, predictable, math-related computations. The human brain is much more fluid, much more alive and flexible, right? It's remarkable, this mesh of neurons and perhaps trillions of glalia that, that, that work in this masterful symphony to not only intake information, but to store that information and then to use that information. In the brain, there's no difference between hardware and software. It's just one beautiful, flexible, fantastic human organ. In addition, it is pretty resilient. Um, if you were out for a walk today, and my wife and I are going out for a walk today, and, uh, and we were to make a wrong step and get hit by a car going 35 miles an hour, uh, let's say that'd be me probably, um, and I'd uh, hit my head on the windshield and flip over and hit my head on the asphalt, uh, that's gonna hurt, right? It's gonna leave a mark. Um, and I might have a concussion, I might be knocked out. Then the brain gets to work. The brain gets to work and starts to heal itself and it's very likely getting hit by a 35 mile an hour car that you could recover fully. The brain can recover fully. Now take a car 35 miles an hour and run it, to, run it into IBM Summit uh, supercomputer and see what happens and watch to see if that supercomputer is gonna heal itself and rewire itself. Not gonna happen. The brain is so magnificent. It is so beautiful. The ability for the brain to change is called neuroplasticity. It's the ability of the brain to form and reorganize synaptic connections, especially in response to learning or experience. And so when we're going through a pandemic, what is the brain doing? It has the ability to change its wiring. We're learning, we're adjusting. Sometimes it can be adjusted for the worse if we're not careful, but if we are careful, and if we do the kinds of things we're going to talk about doing over these next six weeks, our brain can be rewired to be better than ever, ever so that we can live happier and healthier lives than ever. Romans 12 puts it this way. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, written 2,000 years ago, it talks about the brain being able to transform, that our minds can be changed to be more God-honoring and more like Jesus, more loving, right? Even during a crisis. So two questions. In what way do you want to think differently? In what way do you want to think differently? And in what way do you want to feel differently? Answer those questions right now. Because the answer to those questions can guide you in these next five weeks. The answers to those questions, you know what? I'm not thinking really healthy in this way. I want to think differently. I'm not feeling very healthy in this way. I want to feel differently. If you can identify right now how you want to think and feel differently, I'm telling you, at the end of these five weeks, you might actually think in a more healthy way. You may actually feel in a more healthy way. Holding appropriately our feelings, but also understanding that we can think through things and transform our minds and we can seize negative thoughts and we can change to have the mind of Christ. And how do we do that? We do that through self-talk. We have the ability to think complex language. We have the ability to make complex relationships between things. We have the ability to talk to ourselves. Now, the band is going to perform a song right now, and uh, it's a great song. And, and they're going to talk about, in this song, self-talk. It starts with destructive self-talk. I was hopeless. I was lost. Death and darkness was my only song. That's negative self-talk. Then the song turns around to positive self-talk. I will proclaim every morning, mercy will restore me. And then it talks about God talk, right? And all of our relationship with God is in between our ears, right? You heal me, you call me from the grave, you gave me real love. Listen to the self-talk of this song. It's the journey of these next five weeks. Take a listen.
Very good. Good stuff. And all of that is self-talk about really clinging on to the mercy of God. And that pushes us through even the most difficult uh, seasons of life, including a crisis like we're all going through right now. So for our last segment here, we're going to introduce Elaine Romero, 25-year therapist uh, here in town, executive director of Safe Harbor Counseling. And uh, she has been such a friend of Rancho, speaking in so many ways, preaching, and, and you'll hear her multiple times, in fact, every week uh, during the series. So please welcome, warm round of applause to Elaine Romero. Come on up. music there. So I hope you enjoyed that, right? Wow, uh, I feel very fancy. Of, yeah, that's right. A little <laughs> bit of music from the killers there. Very nice. Um, now, thanks so much for being here. It's uh, been such a, a good partnership that we've had over many years. You've spoken at our marriage retreats. Um, you have preached many times here, and uh, we are looking forward to hearing you through this through this series. It is so good to be here, and honestly, it's good to be anywhere, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's great to get out. Yep. Well, we're going to talk about, um, I think, one of your favorite subjects, which is self-talk. That is uh, really our God-given ability to sort of, you know, manage negativity or anxieties or, or fears that can come up. And during a time of, of pandemic, that can absolutely be a, uh, you know, something that can seize us. So describe the relationship between brain chemistry and emotions and self-talk. Right. So I wanted to bring up an author that I really like. His name is uh, Dr. Stan Tacken, and he wrote a book called Wired for Love. And so he's a professor and a psychologist. But one of the things in his writings that really intrigued me is he says that we are designed in our brains for love and war, but we're far better at war. So let me explain what he means by that. So essentially, everything that we experience in life, whether um, we see it or we feel it or we're actually going through an experience, um, we will have actually electrical kind of signals sent to our brain from our body, but it comes in through the limbic system. And the limbic system is kind of where emotions are. That's um, that primitive part of the brain that has like your amygdala, um, and your uh, uh, hypothalamus. And so as a result, um, we experience things actually emotionally before we experience them rationally. And that's actually a, not a bad thing, it's just the way that we're designed. So it actually really helps us out in situations like this. So he calls them the primitive parts of our brain because that part of our brain is always scanning for whether there's danger or whether we're not unsafe. And it will also let us know of whether we need to go into fight, flight, or freeze, which is very important. Um, and so he calls it, like I said before, the beast within, and it allows us to be ready um, for any kind of situation. So I like the example, and I've given this example for years about if you're walking down a path and a tiger jumps out, mm -hmm. you don't want to use the rational part of your brain to say, is this a tiger or is this a cougar? And do tigers eat people, right? <laughs> you just want to react. You want to be able to protect yourself. He says, you shoot first and answer, yeah. you shoot first and ask those questions later. So we don't have time to work through all the rational, logical parts of our brain. We've right. just got to react. So this keeps us alive, that, that basic primitive part of our brain. We need that survival. Yeah. Yeah. Not that you and I would be shooting tigers, because as we know, we're right. all very sensitive to tigers <laughs> exactly. right now, thanks to Netflix, right? Yeah, we are four episodes through, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so the brain, what it also does is it also 
also codes and stores information. So if I've been through trauma, or maybe like an emotional injury, or maybe I have depression, or maybe I, I have a pre-existing problem of handling with like a lot, a lot of anxiety. It will have that coded in there as well too. So that primitive part of the brain is gonna be assessing that, and that's why um, some of us respond in a different way based on things that we've kind of been through. Now we also have in our current situation, there are people like, healthcare workers or essential like grocery store workers, um, they're gonna respond in a different way because of the level of risk they're at. Or even if you have someone in your family that has um, COVID, we actually, my, we found out that my brother-in-law in New York has it. And so of course, immediately my husband and I were a lot more scared because the primitive part of our brain said, hey, this is real. So what's interesting about that part of the brain too is that it doesn't always know the difference between past, present, and future, right? That, that, that even that anticipatory um, like fears that we might have of the unknown. There's so many unknowns here. So as a result, sometimes we overreact and sometimes we react right on track and then other times we even just get stuck in thoughts. Now luckily, um, there's another part of our brain that is a little more evolved. Takin calls it the ambassadors of our brain. And that's places like the um, right or left brain, the hippocampus, the insula. So they function as the more logical, rational part of our brain. So it allows us to respond a little more calmly uh, with a little bit more reason and to assess kind of what's in my control, what's out of my control, and I can dial things back if I need to. So that's not to say we want to get rid of the primitives. We need them. They give us data. They kind of act as our bodyguard, but we want to learn how to slow down and let the ambassador part of our brain to also have a say to kind of marry so that the emotional part of my of what I'm going through, my thoughts and the rational parts can marry together because then we can function in a more balanced place and it just allows us to function better. That's good, and, and I think for a lot of us, we may have sensed where we've gotten a little out of balance, where we've been a little more driven by the primitive brain, fears and anxieties and what ifs, um, but we need to exercise this more rational part of our brain so that there is balance, as you've said, uh, and marrying together so that in some respects, we can get a little bit of a mastery over what we're thinking, and that could have a little bit of mastery over what we're feeling as well, so to live in that balance is important. Yeah, and, we're the yeah. boss of our brain, Yeah, right? right. So yep. we, we can we can, um, you know, the emotions and the thoughts don't control us, yep. we control them and we have to yep. remember that. And that's uniquely human. That is such mm -hmm. an incredible gift because uh, the primitive part of our, of our brain can lie to us and say, you're not in control. You are out of control. And then there's a spinning, you know, kind of a downward, that, that, that out of control feeling kind of verifies wrongly that we are out of control and then you have this downward cycle. And so it takes effort and a skill set to reverse that so that there's right. balance. And that's why people in your profession exist to help us do That's that. That's right. right. We have lots of tools that we can That's teach right. you. And one of the tools, uh, perhaps one of the biggest ones, is self-talk. Mm -hmm. And, and self-talk um, has uh, been studied a ton. I've read a lot about it, especially over these last couple of weeks. Um, but it's also been made fun of a little bit. And mm -hmm. one of the ways is uh, Saturday Night Live back mm -hmm. in the 90s had a character, Stuart Smalley, and he was trying to self-talk himself into health, but it never worked. Uh, so here's a little interview with Michael Jordan, the MJ. Take a look. All right, so that is very funny. But uh, self-talk 
does have its place and a very powerful place. So describe the power of self-talk. Yeah, so we do say thousands of words to ourselves per day, and we do know that if we get stuck in real negative self-talk, it will impact our mood. Um, people can be more anxious, they can feel more depressed. It physically impacts us too. I was just reading an article this week that kind of says that anytime we're in a lot of negative uh, uh, worry or self-talk, what happens is the, um, the heart rate goes up, we dump a lot of glucose into our bloodstream, and so as a result, um, we become more tired, and it impacts our sleep and things like that. Things like that. So it's difficult to function at our best when we're in this constant state of negative talk or worry or things like that. So uh, now describe the, the positive self-talk. As we think about positive things, we may read positive things. We uh, we can sort of temper how much negative we 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 intake. There's a lot of things that we can do practically to turn that negativity around. So give us uh, some practical help. Right. So we just want to remember again that you are in control of your emotions. They aren't in control of you. It's kind of like that bird um, on top of the head. I can't help it if a bird lands on my head, but I can help if I let it nest. So when we have a real negative thought, we want to knock that off and get it more balanced. Um, so that the the affirmations that they're talking about and joking about and Saturday Night Live, that is, it's, it's using what's called a positive affirmation, and it does work. Um, in fact, there are actually a lot of top athletes that, that do right. use it, even if Michael Jordan doesn't need to, <laughs> um, and there's a lot of like high-powered businessmen and women, and essentially, when you're able to take a statement that's more positive and say it over and over, your brain does start to believe it. So in our kind of situation, if we can replace some of our negative thoughts with things like, this too shall pass, or God is in control of even this, or I'm not stuck at home, I'm safe at home, right? Saying things like that over and over in our head, you don't have to look in a mirror, but if you want to, you can. Um, but if we say that over and over, essentially it's making a new pathway in your brain so that your brain doesn't always have to go right to that, your primitive brain doesn't have to go right to that negative thought, but it has now kind of a new path that it can take, an alternate route. Um, so that's yeah. one of many tools. That's one of the cognitive behavioral tools. There's also dialectical behavioral tools, but that's just one of them. And, and it really does rewire the brain. And when we say rewire, we're not speaking metaphorically. The, the, the synapses, the neurons, they, they find new pathway, pathways in a very physiological way. So this brain is remarkable. It wires itself. Right. As you yep. said, the brain has plasticity, and yep. so it can improve and get better. Mm -hmm. and, and we kind of it's like any other muscle that you're right. lifting. You can't just like lift the weights and have the muscles. You've got to continue to do that mm -hmm. to keep those muscles, um, you know, uh, as strong as they can be. Yeah. So. Well, there, there is a, a big power in self-talk. I've had uh, a lot of help along the way from people like you because mm -hmm. I, in my own upbringing, uh, having a bit of a dysfunctional family, and we all loved each other, but there was alcoholism involved, and, and that created some experiences that sort of define, and, and there's self-talk there. Um, when I was a kid, I was very skinny, and I stuttered, and so that you know, at the time was really searing some negative thoughts into my head. Uh, 
I, I'm not confident, I'm not athletic, I can never public speak. I had one stage experience that was a disaster when I was like, I don't know, five or something. So all these things were, were just kind of poured in. And so when people started telling me, you know, maybe you can teach and maybe you can lead, initially it was like, it was no way. So I'd have a lot of help from people in your profession and others and, and friends that say, no, you, you can rewire that brain. I, I could have very easily just had a life uh, kind of destined to, to think of myself as, as, as no good to anybody. Um, and, uh, and even, as <laughs> kind of a silly example, even managing pain, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain, we can self-talk some powerful things. Um, I won't get too graphic here, but uh, when we were building our first house, I was using a nail gun and not quite being safe, and I did mess with the safety, and I, I literally nailed my palm to a, to a wall. And, uh, and I remember in that moment, nobody was around, so I, here I am nailing myself to a wall, and the pain that was shooting, I had to be managed. And, uh, and I remember at that moment thinking, I can gain mastery over the situation, I can gain mastery over this pain. It's just a sensation. Just kind of talking through this and was able to do some things to get myself nailed from a wall. It's a very extreme example. But uh, those kinds of things, you know, were practical experiences that I can think differently. And if I think differently, I can become a different person. I can, I can, I can, I can become identified internally and then that can pour out through actions and decisions. I can become a different person because I'm managing what's between these two ears. Yeah, they essentially even say, if you talk the talk, you can walk the walk, mm -hmm. right? So the more that I say it, my brain believes that I can put that into action. Yeah. And I remember too, one time my daughter broke her arm, Emma broke her arm very badly and I ran downstairs to get ice or something and she's literally screaming. She actually had a compound fracture. Oh, wow. And I remember saying to myself, you are the adult, you are the adult, mm, yeah. you are the adult, uh -huh. like over and over so that I could yeah. get in and act the way I needed to act, even though every part of me wanted to kind of fall apart. Yeah. So self-talk does yeah. work really well. Um, but again, that's one of many tools, and we want to just make sure at Safe Harbor that if anybody out there is struggling with any specific type thoughts, um, there's a lot of things that we, we've had some first responders call in, we've had some grocery store workers call in that are just really struggling, and we've been able to like hear their unique situations and help them learn some really effective tools that they can start like right away. That's so. great. Excellent. Elaine, thanks for being here. You're going to be with us every week, and yes. uh, we're excited about this. It's going to be a ton of fun. I do want to pray. There's a lot of people who could use uh, some prayer, and all of us can use this prayer to help kind of start the self-talk yeah. so that we can think a little different. Okay. So let's pray. God, we thank you for who we are in your eyes, in your mind. Uh, we are made in your image, and so we know that you think complex thoughts, and, and your word is language that's given to us by your Spirit through human authors, and so we thank you for what your word says. Your word says that you are a forgiving God, that you're a father, you're not our, our judge and condemner, that you freed us from that, that Jesus Christ even gave everything to show us that we're forgiven. Your word says that we are perfect daughters, that we're perfect sons in your eyes, that you embrace us, that you accept us, that you love us, that you're always for us, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And so God, you are right here with us. Your thoughts are for us. And, and, and your love never fails. So we pray that those truths would, would define us, that those truths, truths would overwhelm some of the lies that come from maybe the more primitive parts of our brain, that we would live a balanced life, properly holding our emotions, uh, taking life and crises seriously, but not being overwhelmed with fear and anxiety, uh, not, being, um, not, not being swallowed up by insecurities or experiences or abuses of the past, but being able to have that skill set to use language to, to speak to ourselves in a different way, uh, to call us out of that, that, that dark hole perhaps, 
and to bring us to a better place, that we might have influences in our lives that are pouring positive things, that we would be able to confront in our own minds when things are getting sideways and, and to put positive things in our heads and receive that from others. God, we love you and thank you for your good grace in our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Atlanta, thanks so much for being here. So we much. sure appreciate that. Okay. We'll see you next week. And for the rest of you, um, I want to invite you to come back every single week for Between Two Ears. Every single week is going to be an amazing experience. It'll be fun, a lot of variety, uh, good interviews, some media that's going to help us train our brains to think differently, to think more like Christ, to be more positive. Also, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash United. Invite your friends, share this with others. Look forward to seeing you next week. And, Ben, thank you. You're amazing. <laughs>